You're listening to Kids Cue the Music, a podcast where we talk to musicians, performers, composers, and kids like you. We're asking the questions you've always wondered but never had the chance to ask. And we'll listen to music to see what makes it interesting and fun. Because music is for you. I'm your host, Darlene. And I'm your host, Rebecca Lane, director of Upper Beaches Music School. Let's cue the music. Welcome to another episode of Kids Cue the Music. I'm your co-host, Rebecca Lane. And I'm your other co-host, Arlene. And today we are talking to Adrian, the teacher of my violin group class. This is going to be so fun. I'm super excited. Before we introduce Adrian, Zara, can you tell me a little bit about the class and how it's been and how it's worked online? Yeah, it's been fun, actually. Mm, I can't really remember because I haven't done it. <laughs> we haven't done it in a couple weeks, but have you been enjoying it online? Yeah, yeah. And we're hoping that we're going to be back in person this fall. So let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, are you there? Yes. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your name, and how long you've been playing the violin, and why you started playing? Sure. So my name's Adrian Irvin. I've been playing the violin for it's coming up on 24 years, I think next week. And I started playing because my mom's a violin teacher and I was very jealous of all the cool older kids that would come for lessons after school. And I thought they were all really cool. And so I wanted to be cool like them. So I asked to play the violin and I started the week I turned three. So uh, yeah, it's been 24 years now. That's amazing. Yeah. A long time playing. <laughs> yep, and I still enjoy it. Uh, I think I enjoy it ev- more every year, so so that's a good thing. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, before we ask the next question, when you were three and you started playing, did you mm-hmm. enjoy it then as well? I think I did probably for the first couple weeks. It's very foggy. <laughs> I know there was a lot of ups and downs, and there were quite a few times where I did not enjoy it very much, especially when I was you know, at the end of elementary school into junior high around there, but I'm very grateful to my parents for helping me stick with it because it's a, it's a huge part of who I am now and I've, I've met so many amazing people through it and uh, I've had so many amazing experiences because of the violence. So it wasn't always something I loved, but in the end it was worth it and I'm glad I stuck with it. That's a great answer. Not just yes or no. So one of the things we wanted to talk to you about today is the videos that you created for our group class. We did one last year, which was the Mission Impossible theme, and then another one this year, Mashup. How did you come up with these ideas for these videos? So last year's, I have to give all the credit to Emily, who the other teacher of the class, who had the awesome idea and expertise to put that Mission Impossible video together. So that was all her idea. She did a a ton of work on that. It was just so much fun and it turned out so well that there was no way I couldn't try and do something this year. So I wasn't sure how I was going to go about doing it, but it seemed like everyone in my group classes was for giving it a try and and the, the parents seemed up for giving it a try, which is a big part of it because they're very involved in something like this. So then I started brainstorming ideas of something similar but different from Mission Impossible that would be easy for everyone to record on their own and then would be something that we wouldn't otherwise get to do when we're all in isolation. So that's how I decided to to do the mashup for the ensemble class and the uh, duet parts for my book ones this year. Yeah, because... 
as many of you listening probably know, in group classes, it's very tricky. You have to have very fancy software to be able to play together online. And so we've spent most of the year in group classes with students on mute and playing along with their teacher or along with another student. But we haven't really had the experience of everyone playing together, which is really one of the most fun parts of playing in a group, playing with other people. So these videos kind of provide a way of making it seem like you've played together by submitting, everyone submits a video of them playing by themselves and then they get put together at the end and we can watch a recording of everyone playing at the same time. But it's a lot of work for the (laughs) teacher to put that together. Once you've decided on what the music will be, what did you need to do before you could send the music to us to learn? Well, there were a few things. It was a bit different for the, the book ones from the Suzuki Ensemble, but first it was really just the most important thing was speaking with all the students and making sure that everyone was up for the challenge of doing this extra bit of work and that they were going they were willing to take the time to put in some extra practice and get the video recordings done so that was of course step 1 and then for the Suzuki ensemble piece I wanted to make sure that the the pieces lined up perfectly well and uh, that they would blend well together. So thankfully, the ones that I chose, May Song and the Star Wars theme and the Frozen theme, Into the Unknown, if you put them all in the same key, they line up in a lot of nice ways. There's only a couple notes that bump against each other in dissonant ways. And so most of it made nice harmony. So I just wrote out a little arrangement in Finale, which I've been doing a lot more this year. And then... I tried to make sure that it was something that would be pretty learnable in a couple of weeks and and then sent it out to everyone. And then we went over it in class together to make sure there were no questions. And yeah, so that was kind of the first step to preparing the pieces together as a group. When we were recording, we had to play with your play along track. Can you explain what that is and why we needed to play with it? Uh, what's, the, what's a play along track? Sure. Yeah. So that was, I have a kind of a two-part answer here. So a play-along track is like a click track, which is what musicians record with in recording studios, which is basically just a metronome. But I, I do quite a bit of session work. And, and in those recordings, you're usually playing with a song that's already been recorded and you're kind of the last step that's going in there and you're playing along with other musicians. And it's a lot easier than just playing right to a metronome because there's a lot of ways to interpret a metronome, especially since uh, I don't practice with one as much as I should, and I'm sure there's a lot of people in the same boat. So the play-along track was trying to make it as easy, to make it feel as natural as possible, I guess, and, and to have a way that we could all play together and not feel like you're a, a robot. And I guess the second part of my answer is that even though we were online, I was still trying to work a lot on ensemble playing skills in our group classes this year, like uh, watching each other's bows, listening for breathing, watching for cues, little things like that, and like how to keep going, even if you make a mistake and stuff. So when you're playing along with a play along video, you can see the teacher there, me there, and you can try and match my bow. You can try and listen for my breathing and listen for little things like that. So it's as close as we could get without all the crazy software stuff to, to play together because you're kind of playing with me. Each student was playing with me at home and then we could put it all together. After all the students in the group class sent their recordings, how did you create the final video? Yeah, so that that was something I wasn't entirely sure how I was going to do before I started it, <laughs> but I knew I, there were ways to do it. I don't have any fancy video editing software. I just have iMovie, and I've been doing a lot of stuff in iMovie over the last year, so I've figured out some ways to get around some of the limitations of it. I did look into upgrading to a better video editing software for this, but it's a little cost prohibitive, and also my computer is pretty full of stuff already. So... Uh, <laughs> 
basically the first thing I did is I brought in all of the files into Logic, which is an audio workstation, a digital audio workstation. And I went through and made sure that all of the audio files lined up. And if there were any notes that were going to be really, really like out of place to really that would distract from the blend of the group, which were very rare. There was only a couple. I would just like turn those down a little bit and make sure that everything blended nicely. And then I put some reverb on it. So it sounded like we were all in the same room together. So I did that first with the audio. Then I brought that into iMovie. And then (laughs) for the Suzuki Ensemble, one at a time, I would do like the one video with another video in split screen. And then I had to do that like seven times because it only lets you have two videos at a time. And so I would just two videos together, export the file, bring that in, add another video, export that. <laughs> and I just did that until everyone fit on the screen. I kind of had to map out where everyone was going to be before I started doing it. And yeah, and then by the end of it, you have like, I don't know, I think it was like eight or nine frames and some some people played two parts all on the screen together. So that was my kind of workaround for how to do the video editing in a free software. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty cool, actually, to watch it and see how some students had recorded themselves playing more than one part. And so they appeared as two different, it almost looked like they were they had a twin on the the video because there were two of them playing at the same time, which is kind of cool because most of them probably have never played with themselves before. No. And so, and the funny thing is like when they're recording it, they're still just playing with me, but then at the end they are playing with themselves, like in a duet with themselves in some ways, which is pretty cool. You don't get to do that very often, but I guess nowadays a lot of musicians are doing that because of the lockdown. So they get an early taste of it. (laughs) Yeah. So you basically, you planned out what pieces, what music, everyone was, what you were going to be playing together. You wrote out the parts. You made sure that the parents were on board because it's a big project and that the students were up for it. You sent out the music, like the sheet music, but you also sent along the play-along track so that the students had something to listen to while they were recording. And then you collected all of those recordings and put them together into one big, wonderful video. I asked in the class after the recordings were done, because we finished them right before our last class, I asked everybody, like, what was something, like, what did you find strange about it? Like, what did you find interesting? I was expecting all of these answers because some parents had actually, like, emailed me saying, like, wow, it felt, they said it felt like you were in the room with them and stuff like that. But everyone was like, no, it was fine. It was easy. (laughs) No problem. I was like, oh, okay, great. Because the first time I did something like that, it definitely was not easy. Yeah. We have some really uh, strong musicians and adaptable musicians in these groups. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we're going to listen to Mission Impossible first. Adrian, I haven't listened to it in so long. I know. Yeah, me neither. So I know that, Adrian, you didn't actually compile this one. You didn't do the editing for it. That was Emily, who is the Mm -hmm. other teacher for this class. But you also were teaching these students while they were doing it. So is there anything we should know before we listen to it? Yeah, this was this was really cool. Emily, this was a great idea. So basically, she chose a couple of students to play the bass part, like the dun, 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 that runs through the whole thing. And so their job was to get a video of them playing that whole thing on a loop all the way through, which is pretty tough to do. And so there was a click track, a play along track that I did for that, that they played with. Or I think Emily might have done that click track. And then all the other people in the class each were assigned like one or two bars of music that they would play. And so it's handed off from one student to the next. So the rest of the class only really recorded one bar chunks. And then Emily stuck them all together into one thing. And then she also did a B-reel, which was super fun, where we all were sneaking around the house and 
being silly. So that's, yeah, it's kind of a background of the Mission Impossible one. Yeah, so we'll yeah, play the video. Store cookies and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put the, we'll, we'll listen to the recording now so that we can hear it, but I'll put the link to the video in the show notes so that people can watch it because it's a very cool video. Can you tell us about the video? What are you doing in the video? Basically just playing the, the songs and then like all the people who are playing songs are like sneaking around the house. I was running around because I was in there. I was like running to the counter and then like I jumped up there and then I stole some chocolate chips and <laughs> other people like stole like cookies and snacks and stuff. And like snuck up on other people in their house. Yeah. <laughs> Just like in Mission Impossible when they're spies and they're sneaking around. And you dressed <laughs> up even, most of you. Uh, yeah. Hats um, and masks and stuff. Sunglasses. Yeah. Lots of sunglasses. Okay. Let's play the video. doing i think that was uh tessa she was putting up like a special for i forget i don't know what that's called like so that she could hear oh, what people yeah. were saying behind the walls so oh she, like, yeah i remember that <laughs> yeah and i just as we were watching the video and listening to it i remember i heard those percussion instruments i forgot about those yeah those yeah. that was fun having those percussion sounds in there too yeah that worked really well okay so next up is the mashup why is this one called a mashup you sort of explained this already yeah, so I was really stuck for ideas for something that we could do this year because there's only so many things that will lend itself well to something like this. But yeah, we we talked about a few different, I, I, like I'd asked for suggestions and there were lots of suggestions like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. I know Zara had, had wanted to do Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and Avengers and all these movie themes. So I was kind of listening through all of them and, and trying to see what might work. A lot of them are pretty complicated. And then just it occurred to me one day, Star Wars and May song line up almost perfectly, like the just the way that they're they're laid out. And so that was uh, that was the first idea. And then I realized that Into the Unknown could also sneak in there at the end. So instead of listing all of those titles out in the program, I thought it would be fun to just call it the mystery mashup and see if people could guess all the sounds. But now I've given them away for this listening. So but yeah, so that that was why it was called a mashup because we stuck three different three different songs together that normally wouldn't be played together and made it into one song. So fun. So which one did you end up playing, Zara? 
I played Meishong because it was the easiest. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to challenge but yourself too much. Even with Meishong, there was a trick at the end. They had to repeat an extra section and end on a different note than they were used to, I think. So it, you couldn't just play your run-of-the-mill Meishong. You had to have your focus in for that ending there. So And you had to play it with the play-along track still. So you mm-hmm. had to play it at the tempo that you had already decided so that it would yeah, match I, the Yeah, that was track. very hard. Like, I kept doing one high ones for twos and like i was very confused that's or the like, thing with the play along. twos for threes the like, play along oh. can be a bit distracting too because you're trying to focus on just staying together and then all these other things still have to happen so yes it takes so a I was lot like, of focus. i think it would be better if i played it without without the video and then i was like you can't play it without the video you have to <laughs> it's <laughs> not possible it won't line up if you do that <laughs> I can't do it properly. I know, but I know. you <laughs> did a great job. <laughs> yeah. So this is the mystery mashup, but it's not a mystery because we've already told you it has Mason in it and <laughs> Star Wars and Into the Unknown. Here we go. I love the reverb at the end. (laughs) It sounds like they're in this giant concert hall. Yeah, I thought that would be fun to make it sound like we were like performing on a big stage. So (laughs) yeah, and you can see in the videos, everyone's just like at home in their bedrooms or whatever. (laughs) But it sounds like they're all playing on a stage together in this. Except I was wearing my pajama shirt. Yeah, 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 you can do that when I wasn't even wearing like I wasn't I was completely wearing home clothes yeah we had a few pajamas and a few few pajama people in all the videos i think (laughs) i'm sure you've seen pajamas a lot more this past year than you ever have on students and i think that that is totally acceptable (laughs) yep yeah i've definitely worn pajamas a lot more than usual in the last year i've worn shorts every day for like a year now (laughs) amazing yeah and for those of you listening we are in toronto you can't wear shorts outside in the middle of the <laughs> Yeah. So that means that we've been home a lot. But we're coming out of that now. And I think actually it's time for a game of Pasta or Composer. So do you know how to play this game, Adrian? I think so, but I wouldn't mind hearing the rules again. This is a game where my mom says an Italian word or name, and you have to try to guess if it's the name of a composer or the name of a con pasta. Okay. And it's not too hard, but not too easy either. All right. I'm excited. I think last time I got all of them right. Ooh. Oh, boy. The stakes are high. Yes. Okay. I am pulling up my list of pasta and my list of composers. Have you, the first, are you ever going to do all pasta or all composer? <laughs> well, if I am, I'm not going to tell you right now. Okay. The first one is Galassi. Composer. Composer. You've got to say it into the mic. G-A-L-L-A-S-S-I. It, well, actually. Galassi. 
I think it's a composer. I'm gonna go composer as well. You are both correct. It is a composer. Galassi is a composer who lived from 1780 to 1792. So, short life. Yeah. Yeah. Young composer. He's not a composer. Galileo was not a composer. Let's do another one because I don't actually know if that's real. Something (laughs) looks very questionable about that. Okay, we'll do four this time instead of three. Okay, the next one Bucatini. Oh. Bucatini, or it might be Bucatini, but I think it's Bucatini. B-U-C-A-T-I-N-I. Is it a pasta? Maybe a pasta. I'm I'm really not sure. Final answers, please. Pasta. Pasta. Pasta? You are correct. It is a pasta. (laughs) Okay, let's do another one. This is amazing. You're both very good at this. Sala. S-A-L-A. What the? Hmm. Sala. Do you think Salah is a pasta okay. or a composer? It sounds a little bit like salad, so I'm going to say pasta. I'm also going to say pasta. Pasta is incorrect. Oh. Salah is what? a composer. It or- doesn't sound oh, no. real. I know. It's not real. Nicola it's too short Salah. of a name. I know, it's not real. <laughs> 1713 to 1801. Wow. <laughs> he lived a long time. Okay, let's do one more. Okay, the last one is... What? Radiatore. Radiatore. R-A-D-I-A-T-O-R-E. Radiatore. Okay, I think it's a composer because I'm, you're going to uh, stay on the composer list. Gonna... So you're going with pasta, Adrian? And I'm going with composer. Radiatore is a pasta. Well done, Adrian. I lost. Okay, so one more pasta or composer. And this one, the word is... Pacioni. Pacioni. P-A-C-C-H-I-O-N-I. Pacioni. I'm going to guess composer? Maybe a composer. I'm not sure. Pacioni? Yep. Both of you are going for composer? Let's say composer, yeah. Okay. This is, in fact, a composer. <laughs> Yay! And it's a living composer. There is a Giorgio Pacioni born in 1947. Ah. And there is also an Antonio Maria Pacioni who lived from 1654 to 1738. Oh, these wow. two. Wow. Interesting. There were some pastas. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Adrian. This was very, very fun. Thank you. Yeah, I had a great time. <laughs> Thanks for having me. To learn more about our Suzuki Group classes at the Lane School of Music, visit our website at laneschoolofmusic.com slash Suzuki. And we'll see you next time on It's Good to Music. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. That was that was fun. listening to kids cue the music if you've enjoyed this episode leave us a review your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with other kids you think would love it i'm zora lane and i'm rebecca lane talk to you next time on kids cue the music